Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Hey, friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey friends, welcome to our show today. I am super excited about today's guest and she's actually a return guest. Uh, Nicole Zadowski is back and she was on the show in September of 2018, episode number 212. And here we are all the way at episode number 475. Crazy. Nicole had a book that released actually yesterday. It's called What If It's Wonderful? An Invitation to Release Your Fears, Choose Joy and Find the Courage to Celebrate. And let me tell you, there were two moments in our conversation today that she got me so thinking about what she was saying, and I can't stop thinking about it. It is about um, Joy and Moses. I'll leave you with that, and you're going to find out in the interview uh, those two conversation pieces that we talked about. But this book, uh, What If It's Wonderful, is really inviting um, you as the reader and the listener to practice a spiritual discipline of celebration. And that might be the first time you've heard that because honestly, this conversation was one of the first times I've had this conversation. So many of us are fearful of rejoicing and celebrating for lots of reasons. In fact, she breaks these all down in the conversation today and she's a marriage and family therapist. And so whenever she talks, you just want to lean in and listen. So you're going to love this conversation today. We also recorded something special and separate that's only on YouTube. Like it's not in this conversation. You can only find it on YouTube. So if you go to jamieivy.com slash YouTube, super easy to remember, Jamie ivy.com slash YouTube. And there's a special conversation that Nicole and I had all about how the pandemic has caused us all to have to confront something that we cannot change and really something we didn't ask for. And that has been highlighted a lot through the pandemic, but that happens a lot in our life. So go over to jamieivy.com slash YouTube and check that out. All right, y'all, here's my conversation with Nicole. Nicole, welcome back to the happy hour. Oh, I'm so happy to see you again. This is so great. And the funny thing is, both of our interviews, the previous one and this one, have been in person. Oh, I love in person. It's so much better. It is. And you told me the reason you love in person because you're a therapist. Yes. And what 2020 has done to our therapy life (laughs) has been difficult. Yes, yes. With doing Zoom therapy. Yes, I'm grateful for the option. I mean, certainly we have technology to thank for for options when we can't meet in yeah. person but I just love the in-person face-to-face I'm so a hugger great. so that's always I'm a hugger too Yay! I'm a toucher I'm very much a toucher mm-hmm. and the actual the if someone is welcomed into my very close inner circle mm-hmm. enter I said enter inner uh-huh. <laughs> I only have a few because I don't need a lot of inner 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 people uh-huh. I will kiss you uh-huh. I'm a kisser. Oh, I love to know that about you. That's awesome. <laughs> so if anyone's ever gotten a kiss from me, you should you be very happy. In. Yeah. I'm a hugger and a kisser. I'm a toucher. Yeah. I yeah. love that. Mm. I'm very, very physically affectionate as well. Is it one of your lo- love languages, do For you think? Sure. Me too, but For you don't sure. hear that a lot with women. No. 
And yeah. it doesn't equal sex. So I think everyone thought, I mean, I think that's I was why it's misunderstood. Say, like, yes. It's part of it, but it's it doesn't capture all of what touches and, and that. Okay, literally, if Aaron kisses me on the forehead, mm-hmm. if he like puts his arm on my back, I feel so loved. Yes. Yes. What is another love language of yours? Words of affirmation might be a close second. Okay. Yeah. What's your Enneagram number? I'm just di- diving into all the things. This is this is the, the question I will be asking the rest of my life. Oh. But <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. I, I feel like I straddle a two and a three. Mm-hmm. So I am either a two with a very strong three wing or a three with a very strong two wing. I think probably a two. Okay. I would be interested to kind of know if there was any kind of correlation between words of affirmation and Enneagram 3. Okay, Lindsay's in the room. Uh, you're an Enneagram 3. Yes. Do you Is one of your love languages also words of affirmation? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that about her. Interesting. And you reached out to me, I think, mm-hmm. after reading my first book and thought I was a 3 based yes, on the book. I'm a 3 with a very strong 2-wing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So maybe so you, you guys and might I are be twins. either the same mm-hmm. or like and the reason I wondered about yeah. the words of affirmation thing is because my husband is a three. Okay. And words of affirmation is really That's high for him. That's huge for him. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, it really <laughs> stinks that two people that I spend a lot of time with are words of affirmation, and it's where I struggle the most. I mean, like, I'm a nice person. Yes, you are. Yeah, I think I'm nice. <laughs> I think I'm nice. I can attest. <laughs> yes. But I do sometimes... If I give you words of affirmation, it's because I've really thought about it and mm-hmm. really intentionally care about it because mm-hmm. it doesn't easily flow off my tongue. Mm-hmm. Everyone has their thing, right? Yeah. I mean, I'll Absolutely. kiss you. Absolutely. Yeah. I have a hard time and there's a lot of communication in that, too. So, okay. We just dove into all the personalities. <laughs> um, but I'm so glad you're back on the show. You were here on in 2018, episode 212, if anyone wants to go back. And now you're on episode 475. Oh, my goodness. Isn't that crazy? What a gift, yes. What a gift. Okay, I already, already uh, told everyone that you're a therapist, but tell me about your life real quick. Yes, I'm a marriage and family therapist. I live in Connecticut, just outside New York City, with my husband and three young children. I've got a six-year-old, a two-year-old, and a one-year-old. And I just wrote a book called What If It's Wonderful? And I'm excited to share about that and love it yes congrats on this book um it actually when the show is coming out it just came out yesterday yes so all of the confetti in the air right now mm-hmm. congrats Thank for you. this Thank because you. releasing a book is like birthing a child mm-hmm. but it's yeah. like a six-month birthing process yeah maybe a, a three-year <laughs> <laughs> journey on this one for sure when did your last book release it released in january of 2020 okay so this is pretty close. Yes. I mean. About a two-year yeah. gap. Yeah. So I started writing it about six months after the first one released, but it was bubbling in my heart before then. Yeah. You know how that goes. Um, and doing a lot of living the message mm-hmm. in addition to processing it. So. Yeah. And this one's been bubbling for a long time as well. Mm-hmm. I actually got the privilege of reading this um, a while ago and giving you an endorsement for it. And Thank the book you. is called What If It's Wonderful? An Invitation to Release Your Fears, Choose Joy, and Find the Courage to Celebrate. And I'll be honest, Nicole, when this came across uh, my, my desk mm-hmm. and you were like, can you read this? I was like, I love to celebrate. Like, mm-hmm. this is awesome. 
But then the more I dove into it, I realized I often don't, like, Mm -hmm. I view celebration as, like, an occasion. Yes. And you talk about that. And I want to go there because you say that it's not just this reward, but it should be a rhythm in our life. Mm -hmm. So explain that to the listener. What do you mean by that? Yeah, I think typically when we think of celebration, we do think of it happening on the far side of a goal achieved or a dream realized or some sort of shift in circumstances that we're hoping to see. And really, to be honest, I was a little bit annoyed to consider it a discipline because I thought, really, celebration has to be a discipline too? Like there's so many things. Well, I would think like I'm struggling with the other disciplines. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Me too. And so I thought, can't this just be the one thing that comes naturally? And I realized that's so disempowering Mm. to think about celebration as a reward instead of a rhythm. And I realized I was going into transitions, especially transitions like a new year, where there's lots of talk of goal setting Mm -hmm. and vision casting and all the things. And so I would go into these transitions and just be so anxious because I was walking in thinking just hoping I had a reason to celebrate so like your the anxiousness was coming from like is this going to be like it was before or what is going to what is it going to look like like just want just wanting to have a reason to celebrate and having no empowerment mm. over um whether or not that happened because obviously there's things we can do to move toward our goals and our dreams but we don't know what a season's going to hold and and to have our celebration and our joy always sitting on the other side of that dream or that mm. goal is just really, really disempowering. And when we're disempowered, we tend to get anxious. Wow. You know, I've never, until I read this, had never thought about celebration being more than just on the other side of mm-hmm. some event. Yes. In fact, I don't know that I've ever thought about it. I don't know if I've ever heard anyone say it. Like, it has just always maybe culturally you can answer Mm -hmm. this too i think culturally that's how we live yes you reach a goal you celebrate and then you move into the next thing and then you celebrate Mm -hmm. and then you move in you don't hit it you don't celebrate um and so it's also very hard for us to do this Mm -hmm. what does that look like for you personally because every book that anyone writes comes out of overflow of their own life yes and so like for you when did this idea even come up of this needs to be more than just like something as a reward In a couple different ways. This book was born out of a season where there had been a lot of change and a lot of loss and a lot of heartache, Mm -hmm. which is not where you think a book about celebration would come from. But there's the loss itself when you go through something difficult, whether that's a betrayal or an actual loss. And then there's the cost, and that's the impact to your identity and sense of safety. And one of the things that I recognized as I was walking into a new season, I don't think our seasons are ever all pain or all joy, but certainly some lean in either direction. And I was walking into a season that had more good news and more breakthrough. I realized that part of the cost was that my joy was accompanied by a lot of fear. Um, And that much of the loss I I had experienced was not just the loss itself, but my inability to embrace joy because I was too afraid. Um, and and that's where this message started to bubble from. Um, okay, I have so many questions because <laughs> I feel like, like honestly, when I was reading this book, 
so we talked about Enneagram earlier. I'm an yeah. Enneagram six. Yes. A lot of people and, I think think I'm a six after reading this. Oh, okay. Yes. No, no. But you're like, hey, thank you for yes, writing this for yes. us. Um and so I can tend to mm-hmm. think like expect the worst. Yep. Um I think it's a beautiful quality because I'm always prepared. You know, but, like, <laughs> but when you said that fear of joy, mm-hmm. it it really resonated with me because I thought, man, what how much have I missed out on? Mm-hmm. Because I'm trying to prepare my 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 heart, my life, my whatever to not be hurt. Yes. And so that, in my mind, that beautiful preparedness is costing me something. Yes, yes. And that's what I realized, too. This The main way that I protect myself, and I think is what you're saying, is this pessimism mm-hmm. and cynicism. Like, I, I say that pessimism preys for the for the joy and prepares to mourn um always keeping a pulse on the worst case scenario and that was totally me Mm. and what i realized was and what the research shows is that not only does that not work we are no more you know prepared for the disappointment or the heartache if that does come but we do block a lot of delight we prevent ourselves from a lot of joy and i was sad i thought I do not want to miss out on my beautiful God-given life. I'm looking at you. I don't want to, you to miss out yeah. on your beautiful God-given life because I've been so busy preparing for the mm. worst, which most of the time doesn't happen. And when when it does, we'll, we'll have what we yeah. need for that moment yeah. without the preparation. I think it was good for me with what you said and when, when I read it is that you're not in actually any more prepared no. putting all that work in like you think you are yes so it's not like it's actually benefiting you it's Mm-mm. only costing you yes and so if if you just do the math and you put it on a spreadsheet if something's only costing you you get rid of it yeah you know if there's no reward on any kind of investment it's out whether right. that be in your spiritual life your family life your business and so when i read that and thought that i'm like man that challenges me mm-hmm. because that wasteful time it's costing me something now i think without people reading the book i think one of the questions that they might have right now is like okay this is awesome celebration (laughs) our only idea of celebration is like we said reward yep a party an accomplishment yep a win whatever it might be when you talk about it as like a spiritual discipline of of celebration Mm -hmm. as like a daily not just as a reward but as a rhythm practically yep what does that actually look like Yes, this was important to me um, in writing the book and in, even in incorporating it into my life because I love my party planning friends. I am not one of them. And celebration in the way that we typically think of it is not in line with my gifting. Yeah. And yet we are not disqualified from mm. celebration. And I wanted, I really wanted everything in that book to be practical and and able to be incorporated just as your life is right now so you're not waiting for a certain set of circumstances for that to happen and so I'll share a couple of my favorites Um, savoring is a wonderful place to start and Mm -hmm. I love savoring because it celebrates the ordinary and so our brains are very 
efficient. They only want to hang on to what they think they're going to need, which most of the time, because the brain leans negative, is going to be a crisis, a worry. Okay, I'm going to stop you right now, yes. and I need you to finish it, but I'm going to take this home with me because my <laughs> kids all the time, they ask, I'll ask them a question, and they'll be like, Mom, I already told you the answer to that. And yes. I say, my brain does not have space <laughs> for all of these things. It, I only yeah. have things in my brain that I need. Apparently, I didn't think I needed to know what time your game exactly. was tomorrow. Just tell me again. <laughs> yes. so now I'm going to be like the therapist told me. Yes, Our brains exa- only hold on to certain things. Exactly, you can use me as backup <laughs> in in that scenario. But it's true they they only hang on to things that they think they're going to need, and so the ordinary joy of your day no. is not going to make it into that list very often. And savoring is a way of interrupting that, and it's really easy. You just ask your five traditional senses what they're going to remember about this ordinary moment so what do you see what do you smell what do you hear what do you taste and what do you feel the fringe benefit is it keeps you really present so it's a great anxiety technique if you are anxious like me because mm-hmm. <laughs> um, anxiety wants to pull your brain into the future or into the past where it can dwell and replay conversations. But this just keeps you really present and helps cement a memory in your brain that your brain would be tempted to, just, to discard but is really precious and beautiful and something that should be celebrated that's right in front of you wow so this would be like i for me things that really make me happier when all of my kids are home for dinner because with teenagers that's not our reality (laughs) not a given yeah (laughs) um and last night Mm -hmm. we had family night Mm -hmm. we call it we've called it family night forever and it literally is just everyone's at the dinner table so when they're little we had family night every night okay (laughs) yes but now and so i'm even thinking back to my night last night yes it was a very ordinary night Mm -hmm. nothing special happened Mm -hmm. um but i do kind of want to remember that and celebrate that because all my people were around the table and that's worth celebrating Absolutely. And it might have even happened at the end of a really hard day. Yes. Like it doesn't need to be everything in my life is going just the way I want it at this moment. And so I'm going to savor it. It can be, I mean, often for me, it's really tiny things like watching Mm. the light hit my son's hair as he's playing in the backyard, just a, a snapshot. So just your four kids sitting in the same place with Aaron mm-hmm. and you around a table. That's absolutely the perfect moment to mm. savor. Emily Freeman encourages people to do something like this in her The Next Right Thing journal. It's called The Everyday Moments. Okay, yes. And it's kind of the same concept yes. of like if you don't write it for her, and it's a journal, if you don't write it down, these moments can just, you don't remember Tick them. They just, no. And, and who remembers going to the mail and talking to your neighbor, and it was very special, in three weeks because you get the mail every day exactly but her point is like write it down and remember mm-hmm. and you're saying the same thing yeah savor ask your senses mm-hmm. that feels um very easy i mean it feels yep. very like elementary like okay we can do this doable nothing in your life needs to change for for you to celebrate the life you have so you know i was thinking as you were saying that um I was thinking back to something that I experienced recently that was actually really difficult Mm -hmm. and really hard. Mm -hmm. Um, But on the other side of it, I was telling Aaron about the good things that were also in the midst of that. 
And I think I even said to him, like, I want to remember yeah. that because I do tend to just remember what was so hard about that moment. Yep. But on the, there were also some really great things, and that would have been helpful for me to have all those well, and you're, senses. you're bringing up another one, okay, I, and a question us. I often get is, what does celebrating look like when we're suffering? Mm. Like in Because, of course, life is not always the way that we yeah. hoped it would go. And yeah, people suffering are like, thanks a lot. I don't yeah, want to celebrate. Exactly. I mean, you know, it feels hard. Yes, and I... And the book is is full of experiences on either side of that suffering and and joy, um, stories from from myself and other people who were generous enough to share them. But um, I encountered this. I'll just share <laughs> with you last week when there was a massive tragedy in our community, very sudden, totally unexpected, and. I just, I thought, okay, what does celebration look like? If I'm going to say this is a practice and not a reward, what does celebration look like in the midst of suffering when we don't feel like rejoicing? And I was drawn, I I just all day long when I heard this news, I, I kept being drawn to our Connecticut shoreline, which is my favorite place to spend time with God when I'm just, when it's just me and him and mm-hmm. I pick up sea glass and I thought about how, and I, I do talk about this in the book, but where the, when we look at celebration in the Old Testament, all those festivals, mm-hmm. all those, you know, every seven years, every week, every, you know, they're very rhythmic and they're oriented around remembrance. Mm. They're all about remembering God's character and the way that he moved in their lives and in our lives still even in the midst of circumstances that we would not have chosen for ourselves. And so when when celebration can't feel like can't look like rejoicing or when you don't feel like rejoicing, we remember. And we remember all the ways like you were saying that God faithfully showed up for you even in the midst of something that was so hard. Mm. Um and you don't want to forget that either. You want to savor the ways that he moved. Yeah. And that's why it's so important that celebration is a rhythm because it it's not a reward for our own goodness. It mm-hmm. sometimes looks like that, but often I think it looks like remembering God's goodness. Wow. And I think even when you say it like that, like when you, what you just said, like celebration is not just a reward for our own goodness. Yeah. But when we view celebration, rejoicing, I guess we could use those two words yep. maybe, when we view those through the lens of our entire life and what God has done for us, it, it is scriptural completely to rejoice in all circumstances yes you know yes and i think for you know for the christian especially who is um feeling hesitant because they don't know how to reconcile Mm -hmm. the invitation to celebrate with their value of humility which is real and i think that's a human thing we Mm want to be humble and and yet we hear this invitation to celebrate and we don't know how to do that well and if we if we think about David in the Old Testament, who's I love this picture of him. He's just when the Ark of the Covenant is brought in, he's just dancing exuberantly. Mm-hmm. And a lot of you know, Michal, Saul's daughter, is looking upon him like this is so inappropriate. Right. But David isn't celebrating because of his accomplishment. He's celebrating because he knows he's been the recipient of grace. 
And when I look at the gifts God stored inside me and inside you and the opportunities he's given us to use those gifts, um, that is that those are gifts of grace mm. and why how is celebration not the most natural response to how he's moving in our lives mm. and the way that he's made you and I differently yeah. to do different things i mean and this is a heartbeat of yours with with UBU mm-hmm. and how he's made us differently to to fulfill his purposes yeah. and i think that's such a beautiful thing and that's his grace in my life mm-hmm. and so me celebrating a win is is hopefully, you know, look what God did. Yeah. yeah. Which is why when you say it's a discipline. Yes. Because those disciplines, I feel like every kind of discipline, whether that's working out or or I don't know, not eating eighteen sodas, not drinking eighteen <laughs> sodas a day. Whatever discipline you're looking at, right? The when it gets hard is when life is hard. Yep. You know, and so it almost feels like the spiritual discipline of celebrating. We practice it and practice it and practice it, and then when the bottom falls out, when we are grieving, when we feel yeah. as though there's nothing to celebrate, we have this kind of stored up. Oh, I can celebrate because I have a past record of God's goodness. Yeah, you're you know? ready. Yeah, you're ready. Yeah, it's almost like. Um, I keep t- talking about this weekend, but it was a hard weekend for me. Mm. But there were also some good things. Yeah. And um, I said out loud to someone, I said, I want to write these down mm-hmm. because I will forget. Yes. And then how do we- I want to celebrate in the midst of that hardness? If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a -a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. 
If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Okay, you said savor. Savor. Thanksgiving mm. is another one of my favorite ones. And we talk a lot about gratitude. It seems like yeah. we can't walk into a boutique without mm-hmm. seeing a gratitude journal <laughs> uh-huh. or a gratitude jar. And I love that. I, I think... The research is clear that that gratitude does increase our joy. It helps us note and name things that we are grateful for and the the joys that are going on in our lives. Um, And so it changes our perspective as we're noting what we're grateful for, but it also puts a structure around it by, like you were saying in Emily's journal, just having to physically write it down, putting makes it more concrete. Mm But what we don't often talk about is that the research also says that Thanksgiving actually expressing the gratitude that we feel with words um, to the other person, Mm. ideally Mm face-to-face, but it can be done in a note as well, um, doubles the joy that we glean from gratitude Mm -hmm. if we had just simply felt it in our hearts. And this is not natural for all of us. So to to write a thank you note might be one thing, but that we often do that for a gift or, you know, when there's a reason to right. do so. Yeah. Um, what we don't often do is just thanking people for their presence in your life mm. and the difference that they make because they're in it. And then if you if you can either reading it or paraphrasing it with them face-to-face when you're giving it to them, the research says, like, throws gasoline on whatever joy you would get if you just felt that in your heart. So joy on both sides, the giver and the receiver, or who are you speaking of mostly? Mostly the giver. Okay. But the receiver, obviously, Obviously. who doesn't love to hear that they're making a difference in Uh someone's life and all the reasons why. And, and the reason that this doesn't happen very often is joy is actually the most vulnerable feeling that we feel. We don't often consider it that way. But, Why? Um, because when you embrace it, you can lose it. And so to, to hold joy is automatically comes with the possibility of disappointment or loss. 
That's so true. And most of us. We'd rather not hold it. We'd rather not hold it. Um, And most of us are walking around not realizing that joy feels as scary as it does. Wow. Um, And, you know, affirmation is vulnerable, receiving and giving. And so there's a lot of reasons that Thanksgiving doesn't happen. But it's our chance to celebrate the gift with the giver. Mm. And even in our prayers, this is the avenue we've been given to celebrate with God. Thanksgiving. I think about the story with the 10 lepers. You know, we can assume when Jesus healed all 10 lepers that all 10 felt really grateful. Their lives were changed. We know what that, what a difference that healing would have made, not only physically, but in society and, and being able to be welcomed back into yeah. their families and communities. There's no question that all 10 would have felt really grateful, but only one came back to thank Jesus. And mm-hmm. this wasn't when Jesus said, well, weren't all 10 healed? Yeah. It wasn't merely a bid for their praise. It was a chance to celebrate the mm. gift with the giver and actually expressing that thank you to God. Wow. So that's a powerful reminder for me. If I'm feeling it, I try and take the time to say it. It's interesting because you would assume that the person who, and obviously, like we said, the person who's receiving it, that is a kind, you, you love to hear kind things. Sure. So that's a good thing. There is stuff there. But you would assume that that's where who would that would be experience the, the joy exactly yes. yeah but instead you're saying no you actually experience joy yes when you step into that and do that and i think that is like confusing and lost mm-hmm. and honestly feels like a lot of work sometimes yeah and so you're like man it would be a lot of work to do that i just have other things to do but you're you're missing out on that joy that's available yes exactly no it's the research was really oriented toward the giver um of, of the affirmation or what whatever that thanksgiving was yeah do y'all do any kind of like affirmation stuff at your house with your kids oh that's a really great question um i try and make it uh, a discipline for me as a mom yeah um and i know my husband does as well i think with kids and this increases um as kids grow and they're involved in more activities Mm -hmm. i think it's so easy to affirm accomplishment which we absolutely should um but to be able to affirm their personhood over their performance is a discipline that um just requires a little bit more thought because it isn't the natural time to celebrate Hey, I just love who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are all the things God stored inside of you that I find so interesting yeah. and so beautiful. And I'm really trying. I think that takes that takes a hundred times more work. For sure. Because it's not like what you can see like right in front of you. Yeah, or what they're probably naturally telling you about. Yeah. You know, they're telling you about the test grade they're really excited mm-hmm. about or the goal they scored or whatever it might be, the art project they want to show you. Yeah. And it's so easy to affirm those things. And I, th- I, I'm not suggesting that we stop. Sure, I right. think that's great. But it's just a small piece of celebration that's available to us with giving and receiving affirmation. So actually, Valentine's Day, we we took the opportunity. My husband and I each wrote things that we really love about our kids' mm. um, hearts and the way that God is revealing their personality because they're really little still Mm -hmm. at least two of them so their personality is still becoming known but 
Um, yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. I'm going to sit on that joy thing for a long time mm. about how that's the most vulnerable emotion. Yeah. Brene Brown has done a ton of research in that area. And I was shocked when when I learned that as well. But it, it made sense to me as I reflected on my life, both not only in, in the affirmation conversation, but just when when we do experience breakthrough, mm. when we do have a beautiful moment that God gives us in our lives, are we willing to embrace it? Yeah. And are we willing to step fully into it? And And part of my hesitation was, and I was sad when I realized this, because I'd grown up in the church my whole life and had been a believer from the time I was little, and obviously my, my faith has grown and matured since then, but... Part of my hesitation was I didn't have a great picture for what it looked like to engage with God in our joy and mm. in moments of celebration. And I had just come through this season of a ton of heartache, yeah. um, you know, pretty much a, a decade of a lot of longing and a lot of heartache and loss. And um, I was so – there were so many beautiful moments about that season too, though. I – my loves were reordered and, yeah. and what mattered to me um, t- changed in mm-hmm. that season for the better. Um, I became more aware of what mattered. And God's you know breath was close on my face in that season. I knew where he was. A different relationship was born mm-hmm. between us because of that season. Yeah. And that was precious to me. The growth I'd experienced was precious to me. Mm-hmm. And a part of me wondered... When I step into the light of my joy, A, where is he? Do I know where he is in that place? Does he, is the same relationship going to exist between us in that place? And and B, how do I celebrate well and engage with him and cultivate that that growth in my own heart Mm. in that, in the light of my joy? Yeah. And that is probably like a little, that's stressful. I mean, you're like, it's, it's anxiety driven. Like, I don't know if I want to, how do yeah. I do this? You know, as I'm thinking through even, you're a therapist, which I just wish that we could just turn the microphones <laughs> off and just have a little session <laughs> we here. We totally do that. <laughs> but how have you even seen this in your work with your clients, like mm-hmm. in pushing them towards that, mm-hmm. um, your marriage and family, right? Mary- yep. Yeah. How have you even seen that in pushing them towards that? Yeah, I think in my conversations, I've definitely seen, I would say, about five themes for the reasons that people are hesitant okay, what are they? to celebrate. So the first one is hands down this fear yeah. component. Like if I embrace joy, it's accompanied by fear. When's the other shoe going to drop? Feels more prudent to just not get your hopes up. I raise my hand on that. Yeah, one. Okay. me too. <laughs> I raise my hand on all of these. Maybe um, the second one is just waiting for a reason. Mm. Um, I don't. I I want this certain part of my life to change, or I want to achieve this goal. Then I'll give myself permission to wow. celebrate. Mm-hmm. And I just side note on that one. It's a mirage. Mm. As soon as you get there, your brain is going to tell you how your joy can be improved upon. And the finish line just keeps getting pushed out. Yep. And so all the more reason to make celebration a rhythm yeah. and not wait for a reason. But that's a primary one. Um, the other one is is what we talked about with not sure how to celebrate um, with humility. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've actually seen that my hesitancy to celebrate is 
usually a sign I've made it about me. Oh, um, it's I like that. It's like that opposite pride. Yes. You know, like no, it's not me, but yes. it really is. Yes, when I step into that business, that's interesting. Yep, mm-hmm. I have made it about me, and okay. when I I celebrate freely when I am so aware that this is God's grace in my life. That's good. So that's the third one. The fourth one is we're afraid that our joy is going to cause somebody else's pain. Most That's of us, a big one, I bet. Yeah, we're in community. And of course, nobody's life looks the same in any given season. Um, and that that is so hard to know how to do that well with sensitivity. How do I rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn? We talk about being willing to be interrupted um, by somebody's pain Mm. and step into that with them. And I actually think we might be better at that in a lot of cases. I I think that you're right on that. Yeah. Yeah. Than than stepping into somebody's joy, especially when it steps on the toes of our own dreams. So, Especially now that you've talked about like that joy is so vulnerable and this feeling of it could go away at any time, mm-hmm. but I can step into your pain because I can also see it better. I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? Like it's more not tangible, but it's understandable. Yep. And I can relate on that. But yep. yeah. Yep. So that's a hesitation. And then the fifth one would be, I don't know what it looks like to, to learn and grow and walk with Jesus mm. in the light. And uh, where is he? Yeah. I'm yeah. so aware of what he is to me in my pain and, and not so much in my joy. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about community. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when you mentioned that just now, it really made a lot of sense. And I think, I have no idea. You could probably tell me if this is as hard for men as it is for women. Mm. Um, I know there have been seasons where celebrating someone's joy has been hard because they have what I don't have. Yep. Or they have, let me rephrase it, they have what I want. Yep. <laughs> and um, this would probably be relatable to a lot of people. And mm-hmm. I know this would be relatable to you, but there was a season when we were in the middle of our adoption process mm. and I just couldn't sit through a baby dedication Yep, because it was so hard. Yes. And, um, and I wanted to, right. But I didn't, I was so mad at God really. Yes. How do we <laughs> sit through baby dedications or sit through weddings or yes. celebrate promotions or how do we do that? Yes, well. I know. It, it and it is so hard and for thank you for sharing that because I I also go into my own experience of this in the book because I think we all know what it's like yeah. to be asked whether it be an m- invitation in the mail or a baby dedication at church or you know we're we're all asked at times to celebrate something that we wish was happening in our own lives and yeah. it's so hard and um, so A, just I would say find a safe place to be honest about that and have it out with God. I, You know, he is not afraid of our hurt that comes from those invitations. Um, but the story that really kicked my tail on this one uh-huh. <laughs> was a story I had never thought of through this lens. Um, it's, in, it's in Deuteronomy, and it's when the Israelites – are so close to the promised land that they can actually see it in the distance. So Moses goes up on this mountain and he can spot it. Now he's been told he will not be the one to lead God's people into the promised land because he had disobeyed God earlier in the journey. And he asked God one more time, can Mm -hmm. I please be the one? 
and it's hard to ignore. I, I don't like to psychologize <laughs> the gospel. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, put overlay my own feelings into the story. But it's hard to ignore that God's language is strong. Mm. And not only is he given an emphatic no, but he's told that this will be the end of the conversation. And then what's really challenging is what God says next. He said, I want you to commission Joshua for the job. I want you to pour courage and make him ready for the job that you wish was yours. (laughs) I think I want to start crying right now. Me too. Because while I... That's a lot of God to ask. That's a lot. It is. It is. And I, uh, I mean, we all can name a dream. Maybe it's not leading God's people into a new land. (laughs) Probably not. But um, we all can name a dream that we wish was ours. And God Mm. says... At least for now, I want you to to make your brother or sister ready for their journey. I want you to stuff his or her backpack with what he or she needs for that journey. Oh, I was so convicted when I read that. And, and so I think there's this tension of mm. find that safe place to be honest and cry it out with it, it, you know, like, and share honestly, like you just graciously yeah. did with me, um, and and find a place for those feelings to land where you can process that through, and because that's part of your yeah. grief yeah. for sure, mm-hmm. um, and needs to be honored and and spoken honestly about, and mm-hmm. <laughs> pack someone's backpack, whether that be, um, you know, celebrate. I yeah. I think I mentioned in the book that I put together a bouquet. That's my other love language is flowers. It's not on the technical list, Uh but it's definitely books and flowers are are my other one. Um, And, you know, I I gave this to a person that was living a dream that I really wanted for myself. And yes, I processed that pain um, in a different venue. And also, and it maybe if it's a good friend, I've also had friends who... She told me she was pregnant as I was waiting to see if I would get to, if my baby was viable or Mm. if I would lose it to miscarriage. Mm. And she sobbed. She sobbed. And as she told me that that she was pregnant. Because she knew how much pain it was going to bring you. I mean, this is like one of my ride or die friends back in Connecticut. We had cried tears together. We had shared laughs together. I mean, everything. Yeah. I held her babies even as I was waiting to hold my own. And so she knew. And that was a friend that was safe to, you know, I just told her, we are going to celebrate you Mm. and we are going to grieve with me. We're going to do both together. And I think we get into trouble when we do both alone, when we just stay quiet. So if I'm aware that somebody's going through something joyful and I'm in that sorrowful position just pretending that either one is happening and and soldiering on on our own is where we are really missing out on the joy Mm. the joy is doing both together that's good and obviously you might need to be careful uh, with who you invite into that circle and who you do both with together Mm -hmm. Um, that's a, a conversation that would include some boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But with that that inner circle community, doing both together is where all the joy is. 
I am be thinking about Moses all day. <laughs> I know. And I'm going to be thinking about the vulnerability of joy. Yeah. Until I fall asleep tonight. Oh, I'm so glad. That Moses thing. I know. Kicked my tail. I yeah. mean, even like I got all teary-eyed just when Moses mm. asked one more time. I know. I mean, and I feel like that's so much of our life of just yeah. like asking God again. Yeah. And then when he's like, go. Yeah. Go, go encourage him. Yeah. And I think he welcomes the ask. I think that's scripture is clear that mm-hmm. he welcomes our honest thoughts yeah. and can handle the whole range of emotions i think it was so freeing for me when i realized god's faithfulness to me is yeah. not contingent on my faith and mm. his goodness is not a function of my goodness but there's some things we'll never understand why it's a no for us and a yes for somebody else and yeah. to be able to celebrate and mourn together is so valuable and then to prepare somebody else for that journey yeah. It's a spiritual discipline. I mean, For I'm like, sure. it really is. Yeah. And it takes work. You know, mm-hmm. it takes trying again. It takes stepping into the uncomfortable, mm-hmm. you know, to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Nicole, what if it's wonderful? Release yesterday an invitation to release your fears. Choose joy, which is the most vulnerable thing you can do, <laughs> and find the courage to celebrate. Yes. It really does take courage. I really appreciate your time today talking about this book. I love talking um, about it with you. I know that people are going to be deeply encouraged and they're going to go open their bible to deuteronomy right now (laughs) yes and find (laughs) deuteronomy 3 there it is want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language then check out the language learning program rosetta stone on desktop or as an app rosetta stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Uh, all right, what are you loving? What are you reading these days? Oh, I am reading a great book. I always hesitate to recommend a book if I haven't finished it are you like you're gonna finish a book no matter what no i wish i could do that i've been listening to this book i'm not gonna mention it (laughs) Um, i cannot wait for it to be over i yes i would but i cannot give up i know i would say i i maybe will and this might sound strange but i i I might quit at the 24 hour 24 mile mark at the marathon like (laughs) oh if it's if it's like it has just been a grind the whole way through. Listen, I, I was listening to it the other day when I got my lashes done and I fell asleep, which oh. is often. And I didn't even care what I missed. Yeah, <laughs> like, you're I like, it was like, I don't even know what All right, happened. more time has passed, exactly. more pages. Oh. Um, but I do, I'm going slowly through it, but it's partly because I'm just in a season yeah. where I'm really tired and mm-hmm. I can't get through very many pages yeah. at the end of the day. But it's called The Personal Librarian. Okay. And it's, it's fiction. I, I've... I learned about myself that a good marker of my mental and emotional health is whether I am making time for fiction. This is like everyone, that's a good, someone's going to remember that. That's yeah. so true. Like if you yeah. love it, how are you making time for it? Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I try and keep a pulse on that. And it's a really good book. Um, it was on, I think it was a Good Morning America okay. pick. Um, and then The Way of the Heart by Henry Nowen. I am... Uh, going through with a spiritual director and we are crawling through it (laughs) but it's because there's so much goodness on every page and i am loving these eucalyptus shower tablets i need you to tell me more yes my mom got them for me for my stocking okay 
And I sort of, you know, how stocking stuffers are. You're not really sure if they're going to make their way into your everyday lives. I cannot wait to order my next box. They're like a bath bomb consistency. Okay. But they're like a tablet Uh shape and size. And you just throw it in the bottom of your shower, turn your hot shower on, and it is like you are at the spa. It's like a eucalyptus-infused shower. So now my showers are not the same. I'm going to need to check that out because um, I love a good bath. Yes, Everyone me too. Everyone knows that. I love a yep. bath. So I love things in That's my bath. That's like my nightly thing. Yes. Do you take a bath every night? Almost. I do too. Yep. Yeah. Do you like what do you do? Like you read, you watch TV, you listen. What what's what happens when you're in the bath? All of the above. Okay. Um, depending on what I'm really riveted by in the moment. I have gotten into a really bad habit of bringing my phone with mm-hmm. me. And so then I just play this dumb game called uh Tune Blast. Oh, I will have to look into don't, this. Don't okay. look into it, this Nicole. This is not a recommendation. No, it's not a rec- <laughs> recommendation. But and then I'll just like zone out. And there's a part of me that was feeling really guilty, like I needed to read or I needed to do something. Mm-hmm. And then I told myself, I haven't played Tune Blast all day. This is right. actually really relaxing to me. So yep. I have been finding myself just playing Tune Blast in the yeah. bath. I give myself a lot of permission. That's my time to just transition from whatever I've been working on. Whether it's clients, Mm -hmm. I see clients late into the night or, um, you know, something book related or writing related. And and I will just transition and let my brain unplug and plug into something else. totally that for me, too. Mm -hmm. We were watching a movie last night and Caden's girlfriend was over. And I like went over. I had already seen the movie. So I was like fine about missing it. But went over and I was like, hey, I want to tell you bye. But if if they all know I'm leaving, they're going to get mad at me. Because I make them all, like, it's family night. Nobody leaves. Right. But I'm, like, tiptoeing up to get a yeah, bath in. Exactly. I love my bath at night. Mm-hmm. But all that to say, I think I would love some nice smelling stuff in the shower. Yes. Yes. Um, have you seen The Eyes of Tammy Faye? Yes. That's what we were watching last night. Okay. We like it. It's good. Yes. It's a fascinating. Nicole, thank you. Aww. Seriously. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys, this book just came out yesterday. I highly recommend it. I was able to read it early and endorse it. What if it's wonderful? An invitation to release your fears, choose joy, and find the courage to celebrate. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks for having me. I always love talking with you and selfishly. This was just a really great conversation with a friend. So thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. We are truly grateful for every single story that we get to share with you, every encouragement we get to give you, and every opportunity we get to point all of us to Jesus. If you're loving this show, we would really appreciate it if you would leave us a rating and or a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, tell your friends. That is the number one way that people find out about our show. It's because you tell them. Join us right here every Wednesday and Friday for meaningful conversations that will make us think, they'll make us laugh, and they'll always point us back to Jesus. And come find me other places on the internet as well. I love Instagram. I'm over there at Jamie Ivy. And if you've never visited my YouTube page, you're going to want to go there. Have you ever listened to a show and wondered, I wonder what they look like? Well, go find us over there. It's jamieivy.com slash YouTube. The Happy Hour is produced by Lindsay Sweeney. Show notes are written by Abigail Castell. Graphics are by Amaya Savoy Easton. The show is edited by Angie Elkins. And I'm your host every week, Jamie Ivey. And goodness gracious, I love being here with you guys. Until next time, have a happy hour with a friend. 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. <laughs> 